I changed my mind. I'm looking to turn it into a collectible series. Would you be interested in buying one of these and then potentially more like different objects in the future wrapped in a different hollow? And he was like, yeah, it sounds great. So I moved it over there and it hit the homepage and it was gone, bro. And there we go. But it was, it was, yeah, it was a nice move, man. It was, for me, it really shown that like this is a space where if you are willing to adapt and change, you can be successful. It's not just like a in the real world, you give your profession one big shot where you give this project one big push. And if it doesn't work out, you get a bit deflated. Where here, it's sort of, it showed me that, you know, the marketplace can make the difference. The collector can make the difference. The art can make the difference. And there's a lot more variables to your art selling than it is just, oh, it looks great, you know, so. The boys got PhDs when it comes to talking about NFTs and that's nifty. That's nifty. All the great artists, they come to this place to talk about the crypto space and that's nifty. That's nifty. That's nifty. Your hosts for tonight's podcast are Tyler, Larry, and Slime Sunday. Damn, that's nifty. Yo, Milo. Tyler Kitchens, what's happening, lad? What's going on? <laughs> well, good, buddy. Can you hear me all right? Yeah, yeah, you sound good. Wicked, wicked, lovely, jubbly. How's it going, bud? I haven't been on Zoom for a while. Yeah, I know. It felt like we were on it for like a year and a half straight. And then it just disappeared, right? Yep. Kind of like Clubhouse. Uh, well, I've been on there. I think I went on there once and just uh, never went on there again. Smart kind man. Of- we got our boy Larry on here too, so... uh Oh yeah, what's on the pod? Yeah. Are you, are you, um, are you both in the same room? Are you? We are. Oh yeah. Oh, what's sure. happening, Larry? I couldn't oh, see your no. names. I was thinking it's like either ghost. I know. I'm lurking. I'm lurking. <laughs> but we're in the same basement, just chilling. So. That sounds pretty mad. I'm not gonna lie to you guys. <laughs> we're both in the same basement here. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to be there, bro. It sounds cozy. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you saw me laying in a cheetah blanket. <laughs> He's real well, snuggled up right now. Yeah. Well, I can assure you I'm, I've got clothes on. Sorry. Yeah, don't worry. You might, might, slow, might slowly start to come off, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, buddy, let's, let's dive into it. Let's get it started, man. Hell yeah. So I, I was introduced to you uh, through Kid 8's Discord, I believe. Yes, for sure. That yep. place, that wonderful place we call home. So All the DJs hang out. Well, yeah, I think we have we have a lot in common as people. You know, we're all from the same sort of backgrounds and we're all after the same sort of things. So it's nice to, you know, the sea of Twitter of people, you get all these different personas and stuff. It's nice to have a little hub where you can come in and vent a little bit. Or not necessarily vent, you know, but you know, just talk normally and not have to worry about who's who's listening to like, you know. So it's great. I love it. Yeah, it's way more conversational in the Discord than like Twitter, where you just kind of send something out there and then read comments or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, when when we started it, or when kids started it, and I jumped in and we was uh, chatting away, it made me feel like my my Discord's got cobwebs. I was going back like, "Hi guys, <laughs> I am still alive. I'm just over here chatting away." You know, conversations flow in that Discord quite nicely, so it's nice to be a part of it, meet some nice new people, including yourself. You know? Yeah, man. So we're Wonderful. we're familiar with your work. So the Hollow series, right? And that's you're gonna tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah. So 
the holiday series is sort of my NFT brand as such. You know, I've got um, um, a big history of work in the in the EDM scene and music industry over in the UK, doing uh, music artwork, videos, marketing, that sort of thing. You know, it's covering all bases. So the Hollow Collection is sort of just my entry to NFTs. More so, I had a um, you know amongst doing a lot of client work you don't really get a lot of time to sort of make things for yourself. And I got this holographic vinyl that I'd had for a while. And I was like, well, let me just, you know, put myself to the test and see if I can recreate this holographic material with all of the, you know, the light refractions and things inside of the, the program. And I did that back in 2017 and I never, never used the texture for anything, um, you know, commercially or anything. So when I came to NFT, I was like, Oh, let me, it was the first thing I went to and, and grabbed and said, you know, let me, um, let me test this out. Let's see what people think of it. And um, and yeah, the color collection was born there, pretty much. I, I think I just followed you on Twitter today. And uh, oh. I was looking back to see, were you scouting NFTs? Like, when were they on your radar, I guess? Um, yeah, so it, it, I had a bit of a... Um, <laughs> it's funny, I just went to my Twitter and looked at followers and it's 3333 and that's my lucky number. So there you go. Uh, but, you know, I, my entry to NFTs was a bit crazy to be fair because I'm quite, quite a cautious guy and very very busy with uh, client work and stuff at the time. So, And I saw a lot of, saw a lot of artists that um, I followed on Instagram talking about it back in November time. And I'd never really uh, had Twitter or anything like that. I did back in the day, but... I'm not really a massive social guy when it comes to the internet. I'm more, you know, I'll come meet you and say hi and have a beer with you or whatever, you know. So I haven't really had a, I didn't really have a Twitter account. So I started a Twitter account in, I think it was November time. And then I just, just sort of, um, just followed the market, you know, and just had a little look what was going on, sort of seeing what people were selling, what marketplaces were popping up, what sort of, what sort of art was going on to those marketplaces. Just, you know, just from my um, natural, self of being curious and trying to find data you know what i mean so i can make sure that if, if this is something that i want to do and you know um progress through i, I have got a um a sort of bit of a self rule book of you know what i've learned from from analyzing you know so i wasn't just coming here blind so um so i, lo- I started looking in november had a little more uh, a better look around uh christmas because you know there's a lot of of crypto learning in the nft so i'm looking at eth like what is eth uh, yeah. what is this you know so it, it was a bit of learning about that in november and then in december i started to you know think about what i was going to do and then i sort of entered the market at the end of january um doing you know uh these collectibles so it was it was a bit of a funny time to do everybody because i everyone i came around and entered the market when foundation just launched so like i was seeing you know, you know, when you go to a foundation artist profile and you've got the you've got the number of you know what number they are. I was seeing people pop up with number hundred and number two hundred and stuff. So I was quite early on that and managed to get an invite. Um and I put my holographic gold bar on foundation for like point five. Um and I was thinking, oh yeah, you know, this is gonna sell the and I got a lot of people interested in it, but they didn't really want to pay the point five. They saw it a bit more of a as a collectible. So I got a bit of advice from from a fellow and he was like, Oh, I, I want to buy it for point one. So I was like, okay, well maybe, maybe I'll start it from, uh, you know, I'll, I'll turn it into a collectible and I'll put it on rareable and I announced on Twitter saying, you know, everyone who's seen the gold, the gold bar and loves it, I'm going to be turning it into a collectible. So it's cheaper. So, you know, more people can hold it because um, more than one person wanted to buy it. So I turned it into a collectible and sold out within 10 minutes. And here we are, <laughs> you know, it's, um, I love hollow. <laughs> yeah, it's a hell of a play there. 
you know, to yeah. take the feedback from the community and think, you know, this makes more sense, like in this format. Yeah, it was, to be honest with you, it was actually just sort of one guy who I initially put the bar on Rarible because that was the entry market. And when I was, when I did that foundation actually wasn't launched. So I was like, Oh, let me just go to, you know, super rares out of bounds, known origins out of bounds. I had a meeting with Nifty and they were like, yeah, you know, we, we sort of know who you are, but uh, have you got any NFT sales? And I was like, no. And he's like, Oh, go get some NFT sales and come back. So I was like, right, I'm going to take on the world, you know, and go to, go to Rarible and, um, you know, sell Mahalo. So I initially had the gold bar on Rarible and then, um, for some for some crazy amount, you know, you won, you know, you won those <laughs> like ninety nine. So I was like, yeah, I'll send it. Let's see what happens because I I saw that on the rareable mechanic that you could change the price to get it bumped to the homepage. So I was like, if I enter really high, I can just bump it to the homepage for the rest of my life. It will just stay there if I just keep lowering the price by point five, you know, five percent or whatever. <laughs> so that was my strat of like because I I had no following on Twitter and everyone on Instagram or any you know. I've always said my, my name goes around in, in the meetings, not the socials. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people don't know who I am, but if you went into, a, say, a meeting with um, a music label or something and asked who I was, you go, oh, it's, it's that guy. You know what I mean? So I didn't have any sort of uh, following to really launch a collectible series. So I was like, okay, when I first got here, I'm just going to, you know, take advantage of the wearable homepage. Just, just keep pumping this stuff, you know? So I did that. And then the guy who originally... Um, <laughs> It was up for like what ninety nine ETH or something, and then some guy <laughs> made like a point one bid, and I was yeah. like, "What point one? That's like for two hundred dollars. Like what? Oh, that's crazy. It's up for ninety nine ETH." And that guy actually um, reached out to me on Instagram, and he didn't even live too far from me, like fifty miles or something. He was like, "I really want to buy it. What, you know, how much will you take for it? Because I'm not paying ninety nine ETH." And I was like, "Well, <laughs> I said I'm I'm looking to put it on foundation." So he was like, "Okay, sweet." And then when he saw me put it on foundation for point five, he was like. I can't really afford that because I'm not going to be able to resell it because it's not part of the collection. So then like I left it there and, you know, went with the foundation. Hype. I was like, yeah, it's going to sell. And I sort of did my own analytics and looked at the, um, <clears throat> the view counts on my Twitter post. And it got like three and a half thousand views. And I was like, you know, if three and a half thousand people have seen this. And they don't want to buy it. It was in March. So it's booming. I said, you know, maybe it's time to turn it into a collectible. So I, I messaged that guy back and said, you know, I changed my mind. I'm looking to turn it into a collectible series. Would you be interested in buying one of these and then potentially more like different objects in the future wrapped in a different hollow? And he was like, yeah, it sounds great. So I moved it over there and it hit the homepage and it was gone, bro. And there we go. But it was, it was, yeah, it was a nice move. Man. It was, for me, it really shown that like, this is a space where if you are willing to adapt and change, you can be successful. It's not just like a, in the real world, you give your profession one big shot where you give this project one big push and if it doesn't work out, get a bit deflated where here it's sort of, you know, it showed me that, you know, the marketplace can make a difference. The collector can make the difference. The art can make a difference. And there's a lot more variables to your art selling than it is just, oh, it looks great, you know? So, so yeah, it was, it was a nice lesson early on. It really um, paved the way for a lot of my um, thinking behind the marketing and things like that. It's good advice to new artists out there who, you know, if something's not selling on one platform, you know, maybe it's time to get some feedback yeah. and figure out where it should go. Take a look around, bro. You know, any new artists that are listening to this, just take a look around. Like go to the go to the marketplace and you know what one of the one of the standout features uh, which sort of runs along a lot of my art, as you would probably tell from looking at it, that I'm a lover of dark backgrounds. Uh, all of my art style is quite dark and 
you know, illuminated with lots of lights, neons, bright colors and stuff. So I, the, the way that I get those to pop is to put them on dark backgrounds. And most of the time it's black because uh, of the glows and things sort of light up the background a little bit. So I, I saw on Rarible, when I was doing that analysis, I was thinking, you know, like 80% of the things that I'm seeing on Rarible have got black backgrounds and it's like one object in the middle of the canvas where on foundation at the time, there was either a lot of abstract art or there was like uh, what I would call full canvas color, you know, so it's like from, from edge to edge, from corner to corner, it's completely um, colored. There's no, there's no dark, uh, there's no actual direct focus on an object or a piece or you know, it's one big composition. So when I saw my gold bar spinning on foundation, I was like, it's on a white background for the UI of foundation and it's a black background for my art. So it doesn't really sit that well on the actual marketing platform. Um, and, and I looked at Rarible and a lot of them have black backgrounds, you know, so for new artists trying to break into different platforms or, you know, trying out different types of art, like take, take those things in consideration. Like what does the marketplace advertise themselves as, you know, like what, what's the majority of things that are selling on there? And when I moved my hollow collection to Rarible, the success was completely different than foundation. And if I would have never made that move, I probably wouldn't be sitting here talking to you today. You know, I would have, you know, uh, like everyone else who didn't sell in the first month, you know, NFTs are no good. <laughs> you know, it's more just, <laughs> you've got to be smart, man, you know, and everyone thinks that the marketplace is doing the best or selling the most is the place to be, but not if your art isn't of that caliber, you know, there's different levels to this stuff and there's a lot, a lot of people don't want to hear it, man, but there's, you know, there's some people here who've been here for a long, long time and that's what those marketplaces are built for, for those sort of people because there has to be, um, hierarchy in the market you know it has to be top sellers middle sellers low sellers top collectors the lot you know so take a look around and analyze bro anyone out there trying to sell more or do more have a little look around at your environment do i fit there is my art good enough to sit with these th this art that's on this platform is it going to get outshadowed by these people take it all into consideration and make a decision get it done <laughs> yeah i think the work you have on hen as well like it, it works well with that platform Yes, exactly. And so, and, and again, this is, you know, coming from a marketing background as well as art, each, each marketplace has to have its own USP in order for it to survive inside the market. So if you can identify what that USP is for the marketplace, and for me, when I went to Hen, it felt like Tumblr, it felt like Tumblr back in the day. And I was like, you know, this is a place where I don't even mind coming and spending you know, three, $400 worth of tech just to curate my feed so i'm proud of it so i look at it you know what i've got some solid art and yeah it might not be the most investable art it might just be a bit more of a as i treat it without you know uh, without pissing on the platform a little bit like it's my throwaways you know that's what i do if I do a stream and i make a piece i'll put it there if i've got something sitting on my desktop that means a bit to me and i want it, it looks cool I'll, I'll put it out there you know so it's it's more as, as much as it is a serious platform it's like if um if you see, you know, what the value in is that it is in that marketplace for you, then you can utilize it better than just throwing your art wherever, you know, you can really start to say, you know, let me, let me exactly what Shaka did. You know, if you, if you look at what Shaka did with Hoppers, he used N as an introduction platform. Shout out to Shaka. Uh, we're not on the bit of the there. <laughs> what was that? that? My, uh, <laughs> they're shouting out to Shaka. Is that <laughs> Jeez, let's go, dog. Bro, I need some dogs to support me, bro. Where's my dog? <laughs> I've got two cats here. You know, yeah, let's get some dogs, man. Um, but, you know, so, it, you know, using Hen as an introductory platform to gain collectors, to gain um, 
traction on socials by you know posting a lot and being consistent as a platform to use henna as an introduction is a great way to start in my opinion like not to again piss on the platform like it's not as good as the others but because of the low gas fees because of the, the low transaction um, like transaction sale prices you know you can pick up stuff for three dollars four dollars it's like there's there's not a massive risk where when you move into these ETH platforms which is where we started which you know, if Hen was around when I started, maybe I would have hit Hen first, just get a little, and then put some feelers out and see see what the crack is. But, um, you know, Ethers, for me, sort of like, okay, we, you're stepping into the big leagues now, but even though you're in the big leagues, it's like being a professional fighter, you know what I mean? You've got your amateur leagues. I'm not saying that Hen is amateur by any means, you know what I mean? But when you step into a professional um, like establishment or something, you've got different layers. So you've got your rareable for collectibles and super rares for your top boys and nifties for the, the celebrities and, and you know, however you want to organize, you know, there's there's levels to this stuff. So uh, using Hen as an introductory platform, I think is a great way to start for new people, even for people just, you know, at, at my level and, and people above me, you know, to, to use it as a bit of a, allow collectors to pick up a little Milo piece for $3. You know, it's not going to be the end of the world. It's not going to flood the market because, is what it is you know but there's a lot of um a lot of stuff to be taken from analyzing your market you know making the right moves yeah, I feel that's like I'm good. Bro. no 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 i was gonna <laughs> say that because I, I i was enjoying listening because that's perspective yeah. that you don't like necessarily you got to hear it to to kind of think about more um, yeah and and i think a lot of people especially that are bouncing around trying to find their, their place you know listen to the community and then also um don't be afraid to change is kind of what yeah for sure what's there but then you see you know uh, if you, kid get if his, you, his super drop and he came up and, yeah you know and, like and if you and to be honest with you boys if you go back far enough right and you look at some of these big guys <laughs> big guys big girls you know when i say guys <laughs> you mean, i mean everybody you know but cool. like um you will see that like most of the successful projects that you see from these people aren't their first one you know and i'm not i'm not saying names but you know there's people out there who if you look far enough back through their open sea you will find the first projects that yeah. they were really they were really to a good standard but they might not have hit the marks they changed they adapted whether that start a collectible series and don't get me wrong please guys don't everyone start a collectible series because it's not necessarily <laughs> the way you know i mean it's a lot of work it's a lot of effort there's a lot of thinking a lot of marketing you know you, you've got to be a one-man band these days to pull off a collectible drop you know which is it's it's tough it, it, but you know it's one of those. It's a it's, it's a pathway, but don't again. Don't be afraid to change, man. There's a lot of different avenues you can take through this market. A lot of routes. A lot of um, different styles that you can test out. And I think that's the joy of it. More so is that you, you don't have to come here and stick to one thing. You can do this on the side or do that on the side. No one's, you know, as long as it's good art and people are interested. That's it, isn't it? You know. Yeah, I think that kind of applies to collectors too, because like like I've seen mm. Tyler jump in and. And he's been all in on on collecting on hen and in in other platforms, and it, it, I'm kind of more so watching him, but I'm having a he, lot of fun. He, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's to me, it feels like, you know, if you're thinking long term in the NFT game in the art space, like there's going to be like success stories where someone like is grinding from hen and gets from hen to super rare, you know. And mm. it's fun to maybe be on that curve of being like, I feel like I found this person like really early, you know. And it feels like yeah, an underground sure. scene. Well, I mean, I mean, the, the joy is that you know, if you pick up these pieces on hand now, and this guy's really, really good, which is something I'll touch on a, a bit further on in the conversation. Like, if, if these people are really, really good, and you're grabbing their bits from hand, if they do make it to nifty, and you you did a good job as a collector, you know, 
and that's yeah. I feel like that's the game. Is again, there's a lot of people here who've been doing art, a lot of people who are completely brand new to art who are using this as their entry to a, to a design career and things like that. You know, so there's almost a lot of gamification for the collectors to go looking for those people and say, you know, I've found this guy on hand. What do you think? Because I reckon this guy's ready for Nifty now. He just hasn't. He hasn't got the means to get there, or you know, he's he's not the guy who's got 10k followers on this or 100k on this. He's more just some, you know, and you know, not to pinpoint pinpoint talent. But I've seen a lot of people from Indonesia and Brazil that are really, really, really good. And it's like, you know, not to say that they don't have the access, but I think to myself sometimes like you're just in a sea of information, a sea of artists. Some have got more traction than others. Some have got history. Some it's so hard to actually reach the collector where with hen being such a open uh, marketplace to everybody of all different types of art it's a it's a nice scouting ground for a collector who's actually interested in this this you know this game of collecting if like if you want a talent scout t- a talent scout then hen's the spot you know <laughs> like hen's the spot you've got i've seen multiple artists on there that i would spend a lot of money on if i if i had it you get me so i think yeah. there's a it, even you know breaking down the markets into what they're good at like for collectors like also take that time to study that marketplace and say you know are these guys just dropping celeb drops or are these guys only dropping collectibles or is this have i bought more stuff on super rare because i like the style of the art or is it because of this you know like analyze the game and we're getting to a point now where the market's turning into an actual market and not a bubble do you know what i mean like so we can actually start to analyze it and, and use that data so you know, change the way we do things. And again, try new things, pause things, put things on the hold, do more things. You definitely need more analytics because I just basically go off of the general vibe of Twitter at the time. Yeah. And <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll touch on that. What time are we on 22? Okay. We can touch on that in a little bit, but, but yeah, man, you know, this is something that has also been a problem for me, you know, is again, uh, not to toot my own horn, but I've, I've been in design for a long, long time and I've done a, a lot of stuff for some, not massive, massive, massive clients, but a lot of stuff that's reputable, a lot of stuff that you might have seen if you've been to festivals, things like that, that I sort of live in the shadows a little bit and just get it done. Do you know what I mean? So I think um, for artists like me coming into a space, like I'm constantly trying to trying to scream like, do you not know who I am? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. I've been here for so long sort of thing, you know? And I think um, as the market rolls forward, as new platforms pop up, as um you know things start to change a little bit and become a bit more of a competitive market um as a market you know not just a bubble i think it's uh hopefully the data will start to iron itself out and we can start making actual business decisions when it comes to this thing these things you know but from an artist's perspective it can be rough you know what i mean when you've been here for 15 years and you're sitting here like Jesus. I've got to play this twitter game i've have I really got to sit on twitter all day at this age you know what I mean? <laughs> to get it done but you gotta do what you gotta do, bro. That's that's my uh, my market analysis for you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, maybe the most official. Like maybe have yeah, to make this a recurring segment. <laughs> yeah, bro. If you, I, can market. I can do monthly NFT market news. No problem, bro. I'll be here. Every time. <laughs> I, bro, right, but- I I live and breathe data, bro. I'm, I work in marketing. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm always making decisions based off trends and data and things. It's like it, it's like a I've uh, stepped into outer space. It's like I come here and I'm like, oh, yeah, sweet. This is okay. Th- okay, we're heading in this direction. 
and then I order a pizza, it comes, I eat it, and then we'll go in the opposite direction. I'm thinking, it's been, <laughs> it's, it's been 15 minutes. How is, it's how is we, you know what I mean? How is it took a fork to the left? You get me? I don't know, but, um, you know, so I, it keeps me on my toes, you know, looking at the data, the, the data of the trends and collections, the open sea stats, a lot. I, I cover it all, man. And, you know, I don't really get a lot of, uh, a lot of time to express it or i'd probably just bore kid with it i'm like yeah you've seen this or you've seen that he's like oh <laughs> milo's off on one again now i'll just put my thing on away put my discord on away and I'm, I'm out of here <laughs> <laughs> you know but but yeah man you are you are monthly monthly marketing uh section shout me i do good rates oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah there we go yeah man how many hollow releases have you had so far yeah, so at the moment we are on twenty three and out of a hundred. And when I said a hundred, people was like, "You are crazy, sir, doing a <laughs> hundred. And this was in March, you know. And to be honest with you, I got through the first fifteen in like I don't know three weeks or four weeks or something. I was just firing them out. You know what March was like, guys? You were here. Yeah. Uh, you, you, I mean, I bet you couldn't tell me what you did on March the fourth. No, <laughs> I, you don't know. You were just sitting on Twitter in your underpants sweating out and trying to get those nifty drops i know what you <laughs> was doing guys <laughs> you know it yeah i know it bro so so i got through with a lot of collection early on and then just lately like i started to slow down not slow down because of i was slowing down more so you know it's um it's one thing starting a collection and it's another thing maintaining a collection you know and a lot of people <laughs> need to hear that for sure because you might see everyone making these you know, 50 sales or 20 sales, whatever it is, however much you made on your retail drop, on your first drop, your, you know, your primary. But then to maintain that and continue, um, you know, keeping up with the Discord, keeping up with the continuous drops, it's it turns into a full-time job real quick, you know. And it's not it's not that um, I'm not prepared for that. It's more so in when I first started uh, the Hollow series, I could have just done five could have just done 10 i could have just however many I, I could have just done but i'm here for the long game and the reason i'm here for the long game is because i take what i do very seriously you know like again i look at the data i look at um trends and things and, that, and i try and analyze as much as i can so i can understand what i'm actually looking to dive into and from analyzing from november i was like what's the point in me just minting five of them if like like at, at, when i was doing the second and third ones I would mint them on Rarible and I would refresh the page and 20 of them would be gone. So it was like, what's the point in me just hitting five? And it wasn't to rinse it. It was more saying like, if people are interested in this enough and I've got the, I've got the talent to, you know, push the marketing and hold the community together and keep working on more hollows, making them better, doing collabs. If I'm willing to do that, then there's no reason why I can't do a hundred and run this collection into next year. That's no problem. Do you know what I mean? And we did hit a couple of hurdles, you know, I think people got not bored of it, you know, but that we kept I kept using the same colors and things, you know. So it was more so it, I had to slow it down to sort of improve it, if you know what I mean. Like if I kept on going at the same rate, it would just become that collection that everyone's got. You know, I needed to try and work in rarity and, and things like that, you know. So um, I'm doing a hundred of them. We're on twenty three, and yeah, we're just going to keep going, man. Again, if we sometimes they they drop once a week, sometimes they do once a month. It's just when the when the time's right, you know, if we've got something, if I've got something popping off or we've got a nice collab opportunity or the market's doing well, then I'll just push on, you know. But this is a I've got a lot of owners, 130 of them, I think, or something like that, out of the 23 um 
actual additions. So, you know, I've got to maintain the community and I'm going to keep it going. And it's sort of my, it's turning into my bit on the side. You know, it was, <laughs> it was my wife at one point. It's my bit on the side now. <laughs> <laughs> Not so sorry, Hollow, if you're listening. But you, know, <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's one of those, it's fun. It's, you know, at, at first it was my bread and butter. Um, and now sort of, it's the hollow that everybody loves. And when you pick them up, you can pick them up. And if you can't, you can't. It's one of those, you know, so nothing too crazy. Yeah, I like the collab you did with Shaka as well. Those went off really well. Yeah. The, what made me and Shaka go go way back. I, or I go back with Shaka before he even knows I go back with him. This is the, this is the value of Amilo. I've been stalking you for years. <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> Shaka used to do a lot of work for the same labels as I did. Um, we both both do stuff for Insomniac. Um, and I, I don't know if he does at the moment. I still do a little bit for them. Um, you know, so we've I've seen Shaka's name around for a long, long time for probably the last six, seven years, like professionally. You see my name, but again, I'm I'm not the type of guy to be like starting crazy internet conversations with random people that I'm never going to meet. You know, because I, you know I I, I appreciate to hearing someone's uh, experience and stuff but if we don't have any common ground we're just talking for the sake of talking you know so when when we got into nfts and i saw shaka floating around i was instantly just messaging so listen i know we haven't really spoken before like we've had a couple of messages on instagram like, oh, your work's fire bro He's like, yeah your work's fire as well <laughs> you know so, <laughs> fire so you know, yeah we've not had a massive conversation uh you know about what we do and it turned out that we you know we had quite a lot of common we'd work with the same clients and that, that that hopper collab has been coming for a long long time but since since february we've been trying to like you know what can we do what can we do together and he did his thing i did my thing it was nice to actually be able to come back and you know put my hollow texture on his hopper so we've both got collections they're both bang it's nice man it's nice to you know and, and I, to be honest with you bro without sounding like some uh some mushy mushy british lad it's nice to have friends here you know because it's a tough place if you're on your own, man. There's a lot of you can sit on Twitter all day. Again, you see these personas, you see this, and you know, to have that Devol Discord and to have like you know, Shaka and your kid and a lot of the guys behind the scenes, you know, just to bounce ideas from and have that conversation. You know, how are you feeling today? Yeah, I'm good, man. You know, I've got this topic. Oh yeah, let me have a look. And I think just those little bits of conversation really, really drive an actual positive force. You know. Of, people aren't getting so competitive with one another you know in discords and things like that it's more so yeah i'm happy that you're doing well and if i can add a little bit of happiness you know a little bit of value to it by slapping my texture on it then then great you know what i mean if you can come over to my thing and we do something there then it's better for everyone you know and it, it builds those bridges between again i'd never spoke to this guy before and it was nice to finally come into nfts and be a bit more social and say guys I'm, yeah, I've seen your name around. You see mine. Let's just let's just have a laugh. You know what I mean? Let's let's get it done. You know. So yeah, yeah. Shaka, me and Shaka, buds. I, I love seeing that in the discords. All the artists, you know, buying from other artists and you know just supporting mm. each other. And it's it's great to see that it's not like a super competitive. Like you know, only I can be up right now. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, on the opposite end of the scale, it's definitely not a tug of war either. You know, what I'm saying we're not all just you know giving each other the strokes on the back that we that, that we need. You know, it's it's also um, we're all professionals and you know we, we we keep it going, man. It's nice and and also to top it off, really, we all have a very very similar design style. Do you know what I mean? Which I think does does bleed through from our backgrounds and our origins and things like that. You know, so I think for 
to, for us to have a bit of a community there and obviously me reaching out to Shaka and um and kid and people like that you know to we're starting to i think to, to define a bit of our our style but oh these are the urban guys as well do you know what i mean like these are the guys who are into street arts and they're into that street style and you know we're not necessarily uh posting love arts and stuff every day you get me so um it's nice to find people who are on the same wave same interests and we just have a laugh you know you've seen the discord bro Pops yeah. up in there. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't been in there yet i definitely recommend yeah. hopping into that discord it's it's pretty wild for sure 100 percent I would uh, recommend if you need a laugh, if you're in NFTs and you uh, need a laugh, come in here. We'll laugh at Shaka. <laughs> <laughs> bro, sometimes I think he hates me, bro. Like sometimes, because we've got like me and me and Kid, <clears throat> which is another quick, uh, funny story. I don't, uh, don't know if you know, <clears throat> me and Kid are actually from the same city, but we didn't know. And I, I've <laughs> never, I've never known this guy in my life. Like, I've never <laughs> seen him. I've never heard of him essentially. You know what I mean? So like, uh, I, I got onto him when he announced the first Evils, um, and I was like, "Well, this, that's perfect for my style." Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm into street arts and sneakers and rap and that sort of culture. Do you know what I mean? So I was like, "Let me get in on this." He's like, "Yeah, cool." And I'm not gonna lie to you, kid. You listening to this? He was being a bit hard edged on me at first. I'm not gonna lie to you. He's been a bit cutthroat, <laughs> not being so nice with the comments. But yeah, what's happening? Yeah, okay, I send you the file. No maths. I'm nothing. You get me? So, so we, you know, I, we did the collab. And, and it was great. And then he posted something on Twitter, like a video of some guy in smoke and walked past a shop. And the shop was like in my town centre, but it's like a it's like an urban clothing shop, which like I know the guy who owns it. And I'm like, bro, what are you, what are you doing in, in, in Stoke, where we're from? And he's like, oh, Olivia. And I'm like, nah, now nah, you don't. There's no way. Like, I, bro, I have been calling for the past 10 years that I am the best 3D guy in Stoke. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, this is a small city. 200, you know, 300,000 people or something. And I'm thinking I'm the best guy in a 50 mile radius, me. <laughs> and then, and then kid pops up and he's like, yeah, I live just up the road sort of thing. And I was like, what? So, you know, we linked up, we went go meet him. We've got so much in common. You wouldn't even believe it. Like we are, I'm literally about a week away from ordering a DNA test so we can actually find out if we're actual <laughs> brothers, bro, because some of this stuff's just weird, bro. You know, when you say something, you're just like, what? Like I, I, I'd, um, I bought up something from like ages and ages ago. And it's like something that, I've never brought up, like, I've brought up to people, but they've never got it. Then, oh yeah, I remember that. And I said to kids, like, kid, you, it's sort of my test to like, you know, are you, are you, are you with it? Are you with it? And I, and I said to him, I was like, oh, you, know, you remember Pogs? And he's like, yeah, I remember Pogs. And I was like, bro, nobody in my fucking life remembers <laughs> what Pogs are, bro. So the fact that you, you live 10 miles away from me and I've never met you, bro, and you like Pogs. <laughs> It's like, I think we might be brothers. <laughs> you know? so, <laughs> so, you know, it was it, that, that in itself was, um, I mean, where would I be if we, uh, if I couldn't have a laugh with Kidman about some of the stuff that goes on in this, in this market, you know, our DMs and jokes, man. It's just, we can iron things out. You know, we have a little laugh about things and, you know, it's, again, it's nice to have a friend, man. And we, we went go-karting before, I beat him, obviously. <laughs> stuff like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's nice to, you know, Again, people don't know about NFTs. I'm sure sometimes you go to a bar, and, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, what do you do? And you sort of like, yeah, well, you know, I do sell JPEGs online for a living. This is what I do. So and everyone's like, what, what's a JPEG? And they don't even know what that is. So, it, so it's very nice to have someone who not only is doing the same sort of um, work as you, but it, we can like, you know, we'll have a conversation. Like, oh, yeah, did you see what such and such posted? And it's like, bro, nobody, nobody in this country right now 
would probably know what we're talking about. And it's just so nice to have someone who lives so close to home. You know what I mean? And we have so much in common. Not to get all soppy, kid. I hate you. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's just nice, man. It's nice to have someone, you know, besides of you know, people see you on Twitter, the success. And it's great, you know, but it's really nice for me to have a, have a friend, man. I can count all my friends on one hand. You know what I mean? I, I, I almost, I almost extended the six finger for him. You know what I mean? But maybe. <laughs> but yeah, man, it's nice. It's nice. That's sure crazy you... that you guys are in the same town. I... Bro, tell me about it. You know, Jesus. Mm. I, I wonder, like, how many people, like, in this in Danvers, like where where I am right now, mm-hmm. like, actually know what NFTs are? I, bro, bro I, we don't. We have like five Ubers. That's that's all I'm gonna say. We've got five <laughs> Uber cars. And if you want to get from one side to the city to the other, you're gonna have to wait two hours for the thing to turn up, bro. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's it, for me, it's crazy. You know, from where we're from, where we're from in England, where I'm from personally, like, you know, um, it's crazy to find someone who even is a designer, never mind somebody who is as, as successful as kid in NFTs. You know, so so yeah, man, it's it's nice. It's very nice. Well, people awesome. see him now, and it's like. His what is it? The Miami Blue BMW. <laughs> uh, bro, no, do, do you want to hear a funny right? story, bro? I mean, yeah, you, yeah, come, me. you come to pick me up for the first time, right? This is sounding like a date with my girlfriend. <laughs> who who is this guy you're going out with? I'm like, oh, it's some guy from the internet. <laughs> I told my mom, she was like, "Are you sure about this?" I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, "I'm 27 years old, mom. Don't worry, I'm six foot three. I can do this. Like, I'm, I'm a grown man, bro." And anyway, he comes to pick me up, and again, I'm six foot three, bro. I'm quite quite a big dope guy, like, and he, he pulled up in this BMW, bro. I'm looking at it thinking, I am not even gonna fit in there, bro. Like, I don't know. <laughs> and obviously, I've never met him before, bro. It's dead awkward, like, so I'm like, squoze into the car, bro, like, a, like I'm crawling out of a can of sardines or something, bro. It's like crawled <laughs> up. I sat in, bro. What's happening, bro? And like, we've gone off. We had some dinner, and we come back, and I live on. My estate's not terrible, don't get me wrong, but I was brought up on this estate. It's traditional uh, English council estate. You know, you've got, the, you've got the dodgy roads, you've got the dodgy people, the dogs barking here, there and everywhere. <laughs> and, he, and when he dropped me off, uh, we drove past some kids and I was like, it's happened before, like when I've, when I've done shows and I've been picked up in nice cars and stuff. And I'm thinking to myself, please don't let these kids chase after this car. Please don't let this kids, Bro, I pulled up, bro, this guy, all these kids are crowding around the car. Oh, nice car, mate. Nice car, mate. And oh, I was God. just like, I was like, bro, I've got to go walk in my house now as a man. You know what I'm saying? As a man, bro, I can't. <laughs> I, I, I felt defeated, bro. These kids are making a mockery of my, of my estate, bro. You know what I mean? I feel like it just dropped me off at, you know, fucking jungle bungle or something. Yeah, dropped me off you know at the mean? top, I'll walk. Yeah, that's what I thought. I thought next time, bro, you can drop me off on the, on the motorway or something. I'll walk the rest of you, get me? But yeah, it, interesting, bro, because again, it's just the... It's, and again, also, it's nice to see someone successful, bro. Who's from around here? Because not, not not many people get out of here. Do you know what I mean? And again, it's not some that it's not some uh, skid row by any means. You get me? But um, you know, a lot of a lot of people are just warehouse workers, factory workers, stuff like that. You know, so to meet meet another creative guy, again, very very similar in many ways to turn up in a nice sports car was quite. Um, it's quite you know. I can do this, bro. We can get yeah, there. Yeah, you're like, hey, mom, look. <laughs> yeah, what's happening, dad? Yeah. You're the dad, you're the dad I always wanted, kid, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, man, it's, it's, it's nice. Nice to know people. Nice to uh, get familiar and like, have things in common. Well, hit me with something from your bulleted list there. Yeah, so this is the bulleted list. So um, talking about those uh, problems 
that collectors have and artists have. You know, artists trying to find collectors, collectors trying to find artists, artists who are really, really good, trying to, you know, find exposure in such a crowded place. I am building a platform, which Ooh. is going to be pretty tasty, if I do say so myself. It's not just me building it, but through, you know, just to outline a bit of the, um, a bit of the idea is that, again, when I came to NFTs, I'm an established artist done work for a lot of people, worked with some big clients, made money before, uh, got a lot of experience under my belt. How do you know that is the question that I was asking myself. Like, how can I get this out to people without being, you know, egotistical and shouting at the top of my voice, I am Milo, you know who I am, really? You know, or, <laughs> or, or the, the opposite way of just like, you know, putting these little comments of like, oh, did you know I'm great? Oh yeah, I'm really good. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like how, how do I tell people? And through Rareable Foundation, I sold stuff on Zora, got a known origin account. I looked at Nifty and Super Rare. And for an artist, I thought, yeah, they're great as a marketplace. But where do I learn about this person? Because even your portfolio right now is full of real world stuff. Correct? Right. So it's like, that is there to be taken into consideration for sure. Do you know what I mean? It's like, what's this guy done in the past where on Twitter, you can only see my tweets and yeah, you can see my link tree and you might go to my portfolio. You might do, do you know what I mean? But there's no, there's no real reason for you to go to my portfolio essentially to see what I'm doing in NFTs because yes, it is a, it's, it's a real value, uh, real value as an artist to have that history, but there's also nowhere to display what I'm doing right now. Do you know what I mean? Except for on that marketplace, which is mostly linked to that piece itself. Do you know what I mean? So me as Milo, I want to tell you um, that I've got this dropping. I've, this is this is my bio. These are the people I've worked with in the past. These are linked to all of my marketplaces, not just this one. And sort of have a have a spot where I could say, this is who I am. This is what I'm about. This is what my NFT version of me is about or my collection is about or this is what i'm creating for nfts this is what i'm going to be doing in the future this is what i've got planned these are the people that i work with normally i think all of those things if they were listed in a correct manner could really help an artist stand out from the crowd where at the moment i've looked around bro and i can't see anywhere except for like a yat a link tree a link right. fire where i can really in one spot tell you what i am and what i'm looking to do you know what I mean? So that even really, then you have to link out to somewhere else and then look in, at the 10 different sites. Exactly. Indeed. So you end up with a bunch of tabs where, you know, as collectors, this space moves really, really fast. And while you're looking at then 10, 10 tabs, you just missed a drop. You know what I mean? Because you, <laughs> so, so you have to, there's always a trade-off basically. Like if you sit on Twitter all day, you can't do your work. If you don't sit on Twitter all day and you do your work, you can't then go back to Twitter and get the reach that you once wanted. You know what I mean? So you're constantly, as an artist, even for a collector in the sense, playing this trade-off between do I go and work my arse off or do I just tweet all day because this guy's successful by tweeting and this guy's successful by doing work. So there's always this balance of what do I do, when do I do it? So I've been sitting on this idea for quite a while and you know, given the, the, the time, of the of the market, do you know what I mean? And it's, it's a new market. It's got it's got new rules and sort of as an artist, you have to 
be a one-man band coming here now. It's not just in March, yeah, you could just turn up with some art and you know, you could be the, the, the most hateful guy in the world. No one care because they're just buying art. Where as as we move forward in the space, I think we're starting to um realize what well, other people, other artists and collectors are starting to realize that unless you're coming with a specific set of um not I say traits, but not in the generative way, you know, like if you're not if you're coming with marketing, a promo video, a retweet from a big guy, this guy like, like people are looking out for certain things and, and artists are starting to realize that I need more to, to stand up in this space. Do you know what I mean? Like it's all good coming here and you know, seeing who's got the biggest will, you know what I mean? But in terms of <laughs> actually getting that engagement, getting that reach, it's very, very hard unless you're coming with a marketing plan. So that's not accessible to everybody because some of these artists are really, 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 really good at art, but not, not very good at marketing. Do you know what I mean? Which is not nothing to take away from an artist, but how do they be successful in NFTs? Because they're still an artist just because they don't know about marketing doesn't mean that they should not get the level of exposure that someone else who sat on Twitter all day got. Do you know what I mean? That doesn't, for me, that doesn't sit well because in order for this market to grow and to get bigger and better, we're going to need better artists. We're going to need better artists. We're going to need more art. We're going to need more uh, different types of art, different ideas. And if we just keep scrolling, scrolling through Twitter every day, we're just going to we're just going to see things just keep going round in a cycle, and it will eventually just dumb down into nothing. Do you know what I mean? Like we have to keep growing and adding things. And you see it all, you see it every day with eight 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 new platform coming out. It's going to offer loads more opportunities. They've got artist curators and things like that you know which is going to help the quality of the artwork that gets sold to collectors and, and things like that you know so so you know point being moving on um we're building a platform which is going to be centered around artists meeting collectors and collectors meeting artists not in a tinder way not in a plenty of fish kind of way you know? <laughs> um, but to try and take the struggle away from the algorithm is that many times i've logged onto twitter and i've seen this piece of art amazing right sweet let me oh it's gone oh no where's it gone oh, i'm never gonna find <laughs> it again oh shit you know what i mean it's gone forever that's it and then i feel down like oh i just missed it and it's like it's the algorithm and what it can do is that you guys have experienced it yourself everyone who uses twitter has is that you get like a real full sense of exposure is it i've got you know how many followers have we got now oh yeah three 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 <laughs> if i do a post i naturally expect every every single one of those people to see it it is not the case, you know what I mean? And I've right. had people, I've actually had collectors stop collecting hollows because they missed one drop because they were collecting all of them. Do you know what I'm saying? So it's like they don't want to go to secondary and pay the secondary prices. And the reason why that person missed it is because they weren't on Twitter that time. Do you know what I mean? Which for me is very jarring because this guy had 13 of them. Do you know what I mean? He had 13 yeah. of them. We've got 100 and he messaged me saying, you know, thanks for making me not collect the rest of them. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was just like, well, Damn. yeah, it was pretty, pretty cutthroat. I mean, I told him, don't worry. He sorted out, told him, listen, you can sell them all. I'll buy them all back from you. No problem. You know what I mean? Like it's not one of those, but it's more so it wasn't my fault. I did everything that I was supposed to do. I posted on Twitter at the right time. I posted my drop times at the right time. I minted at the right time. And that guy missed it because he didn't see my tweets because he was probably reading someone else, some other influencers tweet or whatever. You know what I mean? So it's like, there needs to be sort of a streamlined platform. I think there needs to be a streamlined platform. I hope you agree. That not only allows an artist to 
put all that information that I mentioned earlier on display, previous clients, years in the industry, a full a full bio. If you want to write a 70,000 word bio, then, then turn up at my door. I'll post it for you. Do you know what I mean? I <laughs> want to hear everything, bro. I want to see. Because it's all value. And if, if, and again, if the market is to move forward, the collectors need to start collecting specific things. Do you know what I mean? Like where at the moment, they're just buying like, I'll, I'll buy five of them because this guy bought five of them. They're not, right. making, they're not making decisions that are going to benefit the artist. It's not going to give the artist stability. It's not going to give the collector actual good returns because they might be investing in bad projects or, you know, an artist that hasn't got a massive roadmap ahead of them or they haven't got the experience to take this where it needs to go. If we can make a platform, we'll create a platform that outlines all of that artist information, allows the collector to read that information and, you know, uh, keep up with it um, anytime it changes or you know, um, anything that they want to go from there, the Twitter, the Facebook, it'll all be on, on that profile page. And more so it allow artists to log in and post their drops onto a calendar. And that way the collector can uh, log in, save the drop to his drop list. He gets an email 15 minutes before the drop goes. He can find us um, the drop link in the email. He goes there, he buys oh, Happy collector. I love that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you follow all the artists that you collect or would like to collect. You know about all yes. the drops that are coming, and 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 more so artists that you want to collect from. Do you know right. what I mean? Like, not it's not just like don't get me wrong. There is there is a massive percentage of the market which is flippers. You know, they want to make cash to flip and da, 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 da. but there's a lot of um, from my experience in March and moving on, a lot of people have come from a traditional art world where they collect art anyway. And they're the, they're the sort of people who you see spending 10 ETH, 50 ETH, 60 ETH. And these bigger people who take this game seriously, do you know what I mean? They want art. They want this specific piece from this specific artist. And they will do whatever they want, that, that everything they need to do to get it. You know, so this is sort of, as much as this is a tool for artists and collectors, it's more so a tool for serious artists and serious collectors, you know, because if I as an artist can see data on how many collectors or adding my drop to their drop list, specifically asking for it, then I know that he's going to get the email, so he's going to be happy. He's got a fair chance of getting it. He doesn't have to wait on Twitter. He doesn't have to wait on my Discord. This collector who, who does business, obviously, to get to the position where he can spend this sort of money on art, or, you know, again, most of these people do come from a traditional art world, so when these art galleries start getting into NFTs and the market moves forward, there needs to be a place where this collector can get notified on every single one of this artist drops without delving into his social life. Just one, one true source of information to say, guys, I'm dropping. This is what's dropping. Here's a, you know, a, a full rundown of what the drop's about, not just 140 characters with links. Just this is a full 5,000 word. This is what the collectible series is about. This is what this piece means. This is what, where this fits into the collection. Add extra images if you want to, you know, stuff that you can't, I can't put multiple images on my variable marketplace. You can only see the one final image where if you can see the behind the scenes of me texturing the thing, building the thing, modeling the thing, lighting it, it, it adds so much more value to the actual piece. And there's nowhere at the moment that display that gives you the access to display that information. So we're That'd building be awesome. Yeah, I mean it's it's not far off, bro. I mean, I'm not gonna say any any uh, times, but we're not far off, bro. The, it's the most it's, important. Don't put a timeline on it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. Well, we, out. It, you, we just want it to be right, man, because yeah. we're coming from an artist's perspective. And I think, you know, 
we've got some big names lined up to be featured artists. I'm not going to say any of them, otherwise they might uh, they might change their mind. I don't know if you know. Right. Just in case, you know, cover, cover your ground, boys. <laughs> cover your ground. Yeah, um, you can take any name and we can bleep it out, and then it would sound cool, and we still wouldn't know. But yeah, what do you would you want to do that? <laughs> yeah, we'll just pretend so, you said to my. Yeah, name. so it's going to be Kid A and Kid A and Kid A and Milo and Milo and Kid A and Kid A. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> maybe Shaka, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> now, but you know, we've, we've got yeah, we've, maybe we've got we've got some big names, man. And, and I, I just want to make sure that, like, as as things move forward, the bigger artists who haven't got twelve hours a day to sit on Twitter and build following have, have also got a fair chance to meet new collectors and and not by you know getting onto Super Rare and potentially getting a, a newsletter email or something. I'm trying to take a bit of the chance out of the game, so it's like if you build this platform into your uh, marketing campaign, then you've ticked it off the list. Do you know what I mean? I, I want it to become something that, okay, when I'm marketing my NFT, this is what I need to do. Or for newcomers into NFTs, they look at our platform and say, God, that's where all the top boys are. I need to get on there. So how do I get there? Do you know what I mean? To start to you know, push the mentality of like, this is a business. This isn't just, oh, I'll come here with a picture I drew on Procreate and I'll just wing it. You know, I hope for the best. It's more... It's more um, you have to bring strategy, you know, and that's another aspect of the platform is that you know I'm going to be giving my experience on NFT marketing. We've got um, three three professional writers who are also very involved in the NFT space who are going to be writing marketing blogs, trends blogs, you know, things to look out for, things to spot, new collections that are coming out, what's good about them, pitfalls potentially, you know, try and really give this space a bit more of a for the people who want it by you know, again i'm not trying to change the whole space but for the people who are serious about it, to try and bring that a bit more of a business element to it so it's like if you want to collect yeah. these guys you can keep up with it and artists if you want to sell your work you can actually start to potentially build some stability into like you know what you know i might, I might be able to quit my job i might be able yeah. to you know stop client work but while you're on twitter just hoping that your, your tweet reaches your collectors it's very hard to make those decisions for actual artists who have to keep a roof above their head and they've got mortgages and kids and, and things like that you know it's a very it's a cool place to come and hang out and be like yeah yeah but there's no there's no real sense of how long is this going to last you know what i mean where if we start to build a bit of infrastructure uh, behind that and say right for the guys who are serious and actually want this to last and people like me you do have collections over 100 pieces that are going to be dropping for the next six or seven months or for yeah. someone like kid who's got super rare drops and hen drops and this drop and that drop it's very hard to keep up with it for me, but I didn't even own a Devo, believe it or not. I didn't even own one. <laughs> Same. Bro, I can't I've afford them two, anymore. Uh, no, Bro, I know. I've got, I got, I've got two collabs. I don't even own one. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like oh, one of them is called Evil Milo. I don't even own him. Like, you know, come on, bro. You know what I mean? So it's like, it, and it's and that's purely because I'm busy doing my thing, and it's hard to keep up with kids. Where if I could just use a platform, log in, right? I want email, and every single one of kids drops. Problem solved, bro. I monitor my emails and most professional people do, you get me. So I think that's um, sort of the, I sort of went off my bullet points a little bit. I'm not going to lie. No, but, you know, um, no, no, that's, uh, uh, yeah. I, I like that a lot. And it's, um, it would help us with our research for the podcast. Are you kidding me? Hey, bro, place? Exactly. Well, I mean, are you not getting listed on there? Come on, bro. Like your podcast <laughs> needs to be on. And, and this is the thing. It's not just for artists to post their drops. It's also, if you're, if you've got a professional podcast, that you're running it consistently, uh, coming out on certain days 
bro, load me up with the dates and you can go on the drop calendar as well because that's a drop. I want to catch your, I want to catch your podcast the second it comes out so I can find out my news. You know what I mean, it's creating that um, sort of structure of saying, you know what, I don't have to sign up to all of these discords just to get a PM because let's be honest, True. When you've got when you're in 20 discord channels, you don't even see the PMs anyway. I'm not in any, I'm in, I'm in so many discords that I don't even look at them anymore. Well, there you go, know, bro. I, I don't yeah. know where to look. And out there, there's, there's people like me who are spending a lot of time trying to, you know, um, keep that keep that community alive inside the Discord, you know what I mean? And make, like, let people know. I do an announcement in my Discord and I'm doing a drop. Nobody sees it again because it's just another <laughs> PM. So it's like all of these avenues that were once um, have value for marketing. So when people started making Discords in March, it was like, Yo, if you've got a Discord, you're going to make it, guys. Hey. <laughs> Where now it's like, oh, not another Discord. Do you know what I'm saying? So it's like all these things that come out are going to, are going to get spammed. You know? So we are, um, we are sort of um, running it as a bit of an invite-only sort of thing initially to keep the quality. And you know, we're going to be covering all bases, 3D art, photography, photo manipulation, drawing, the illustration, the lot, bro. You know? So we're going to cover as many top-end artists as we can who are you know consistently going to be here they're not people who are just doing one drop and they're going to, going to run it's people who've been here for a while who are actively dropping and they're actively got communities that because otherwise there's no point in putting the drop on there if nobody wants to collect it it's just a waste <laughs> of space you know so it's so true. all these things we're, we're adding them in again we're going to be heavy reliance on the blog and adding these um these articles on how to market your nft we're going to be building drop planners uh, in the future so a new NFT artist can come in and, you know, they can, we can give them little, little tips on, you know, if it's a collectible, you kind of want to go for a square canvas potentially because it works better with profile pictures or all these things, you know, like just little, little bits and bobs that we found and can help out new artists come, come in here and or again, also let them look at it like it's a business rather than just a, a playground where people are making silly amounts of cash because that's, that's going to be the only way we actually connect with the real world is that, people start to make those connections and saying, oh, so this, so, okay, so Rarible is like your thrifty store and Nifty Gateway is like your, your shopping center, right? Yeah, like, okay. No, 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 no. Okay, right. So, you know, and, and until we've got those analogies to be able to make those connections, you know, when I heard you on the, I think it was the Shaka podcast and you were saying, bro, there's a guy like it's down the road and he doesn't even know like what, he doesn't know what I'm talking about. You know what I mean, where if, if you actually broke it down and could say, you know, you, you drop your, you drop your mixtapes on Rarible, then you drop your single on Super Rare, and then you drop your album on Nifty Gateway. You know what I'm saying? When you, when you can bring it into those analogies, yep. I think people are going to start to actually realize what's going on, do you know what I mean? Rather than just, just, just winging it, you know? So so that's the platform. It's called Dropbook. Not launching uh, oh. anytime soon. No, it will be. It will be launching soon, probably in the next <sighs> six or seven weeks, maybe, something like that. But, you know, it's, it's, it's coming, bro. And yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love the um, anything anything that's uh, designed around uh, giving artists an avenue to kind of not necessarily promote themselves, but get their art out there. Um, mm-hmm. Because you know they they don't make art to promote it. They make they make art because they're you know because they enjoy making. Yeah, yeah. It. yeah. So um, I've always been a big proponent of anyone that's uh, looking to push them in front and and and, and get eyes towards towards good solid work so that sounds yeah, awesome yeah. and there's Thank any you, and there's like any medium that you can kind of take and apply there so um, yeah well, that, well that's it you know and, and internally one of our 
proudest things is that we're going to be covering all marketplaces on all blockchains, you know, so we're going to allow collectors who <clears throat> come to come to drop up to collect um, a kid eight on Rarible might just see a such and such on Nifty. And you know what? I grabbed that. So it, it's starting to create a bit of a fusion between everyone of that from this one space, everything that's, you know, and, and, and I quote, don't, don't hold me to this guys. Everything that's worth dropping is going to be there. Do you know what I mean? Like everything that's, it's worth not collecting from our point of view, but you know, from a curation point of view of, you know, is it technically sound? Does it look good? Does it hit all the marks that again, our my team of six people are constantly analyzing the market and making sure that like nothing, you know, stuff that's on trend is, is right. We don't want another misfits university on the drop book, you know what I'm saying? We don't want anything like that with this crazy, crazy traits, you know. So I think it's um it'll be a good place to be for new artists, current artists and people who actually want to take this space seriously you know and just as another extra little point at the end all of this is being completely funded by hollows so thank you very much hollow yeah wow <laughs> yeah man it's it's for me it's something that you know yes i can sell my art and i've always wanted to you know, make art freely and not have to work through a brief and if i can use some of my um, earnings from hollow to you know, build the site, get the dev on board, get the team, the writers on board and, you know, actually build something up that's going to benefit us in the future. I don't mind investing in it. You know, it's investment in myself. It gives everyone a place to drop. And it is what it is, man. You know, it's, let's, let's get it done and, and uh, we'll see you on, see you on drop up, guys. Oh, <laughs> yeah. dude, that's funny. I mean, awesome. You have the right background to do all of this, you know, with, with the yeah. art side as well as the marketing side. Like it's, it's good you're using all your, um, your skills for good. Well, if I figured that if nobody else wants them, I may as well just use them myself, innit? Because yeah. <laughs> I can mark it all day on Twitter, but the algorithm doesn't like me, bro. I ask kids, message him right now. I'm hex, bro. Like there's some stuff that happens to me where kids <laughs> like, how has this even happened to you, bro? So when we went down to Known Origin, I seen this little picture in low res. I was thinking, ah, it got you, bro. <laughs> I brought my curse. I brought my curse with me, didn't I? You know, you got the low res, the only low res in the whole, in the whole spot. You know, shout out Known Origin, man. They tried to fix it, but. You know, man. So if we can, uh, yeah, man. I just want to take the. I just want to take the chance away from things because I never did socials, bro. Like I, I've always worked in the background. I've never done socials, and you know, to be honest with you, about two months ago, I realised why I never did socials, bro. And it's because I'm not the type of guy to be reading everyone's opinions because I'm quite opinionated myself. And it's like I'm constantly writing stuff, deleting it, deleting tweets and things. And it's like, it, and it's, there's no need for it. Where realistically, if you're a professional. You shouldn't be sitting on social all day. You ask any musician, any actor, they don't read the comments, bro, because because they're damaging, you know what I mean? And I think from an artist's perspective, I just want to make my art, bro. And if I can have a, you know, some some solidity from a from a platform that's gonna help me to promote myself and it's gonna list all of my drops for me so collectors can get notified on them. For me, it's a no bro no no brainer bit, uh, bro. I'm I'm gonna use it myself, you know what I mean? Like so it's once it's up and running, I think a lot of people are going to benefit from it. And then, and then, yeah, man, we'll see where it takes us. Like we've got ideas for collector tools and bits and bobs and things that are going to help out, you know, uh, not just artists, but also collectors as well, because half of the tip, half of the internal team is collectors. Man. So they they keep pushing me like, yeah, yeah, it's all good for the artists guys, but what about this functionality for the collectors? And I'm thinking, yeah, I mean, you still got to do a little bit of work, you know, I mean, you can't, <laughs> you can't just put it on a plate because, I think that's half of the gamification of the collectors as well, is that if we keep putting stuff on plates for them, that 
it's not going to want to collect it anyway. They want it. They want to feel that dig. You know what I mean? They want it. Oh yeah, I found this guy. Even if he is a top guy, like bro, did you see this guy? I've never seen it before. But if right. he's on this, if he's on this site with with the top boys, you must be you must be doing some stuff. And then he hits profile page. God, God, he's worked with this guy. Shit, this guy's actually, you know, because kid, not to keep bringing it back to kid. And there's, you know, he's done a lot, bro. Like the the covers that I've grown up on, he designed, bro. Do you know what I mean? The covers that, um. You know, he's changed the game with in his, in his art or his mixtape covers back in the day. People don't even know. People just think he's that guy who put a ski mask on a baby. You know, and I, and I think <laughs> that's great because in the NFT world, that's great. But in in the actual grand scheme of things, people need to put some respect on kids' name, bro. Do you know what I mean? Because he, all them favorite mixtapes that you've been nostalgic, holding on, like holding onto nostalgia. And, oh, you remember that Lil Wayne tape back in the day? Or you remember this? Like, Bro, did you know Kid Eight made made the cover for it? You're like what? You know what I mean? You wouldn't even believe half the stuff. And I think the, there's many cases out there for multiple artists that have been like they're, they're on Twitter now trying to trying to scream but not not be egotistical and say I, I've worked with that guy. That guy is making millions now. Like I made his first cover or I did this, you know. And I think that's reputable for people who are, who are creative. You know what what means a lot to you might mean a little to me, and what means a lot to me might mean a little to you. You know, so. I think it's important to be able to share that information freely without it being. Um, oh, oh, just as a little point, sorry, you won't have to do a video application if you're applying to drop up. It'll just be a normal. <laughs> <laughs> it'll just be it'll just be a normal form, you know. First name, maybe not even first name, username, alias. But, but yeah, man, I'm all about fair. I'm all about uh, helping other people and you know, making sure that the people who have been here grafting blood, sweat, and tears also get a bit of credit for that one you know because it's it, me personally i've been in i've been in some places bro i've seen some things you know i've seen things man you know what i mean i was a kid asked for a quick rundown of my life story mate i give it to him and the drawers on the table bro and i'm like there are people don't want to know man like because it's not it's not interesting enough to make sales essentially but you know i've got some 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 funny stories man that make me who i am you know if i can write a cheeky little bio or something you know, to, to outline you know i've done this i've done that i did this make you laugh then it's all you're all you're buying into that 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 artist then at that point not his art as well you know, it's more an investment in that person so if we can push that forward it, you know give you guys a, a space for all the nft podcast community all of the streamers and that like you know if you're doing stuff like orphan stream for an example that was fun i watched that with kid the other day and guys shooting magpies with nerf guns it's great man you know what i mean that's, <laughs> all, that's the sort of stuff that will make it onto the calendar man because it's making a difference you know if you're just doing the one one dropper one dropper month and it's just whatever you know what i mean if it's just no thought going into it then you're not going to make it on the calendar bro yeah so yeah that's that's that bro i think i covered all my bullet points and uh, i feel like i rambled a little bit we're sitting here in awe and we're ready, to watch, <laughs> ready to use drop hook yeah bro like i could say man i'll um i'll send you some screenshots after this because the ui is not far off done and it's like bro i i am um i'm a freak bro like I am a freak, you know. What I mean, like when I think about things, I am a freak. I'll think, I'll think about the tiniest detail, bro. And I've tried to tone it down a little bit, but I will give you one thing: the UI is supposed to let the art speak. You know, what I mean, it's very plain. It's not not as plain as hand. Don't get me wrong, but it's it, <laughs> it's plain. And I really wanted to make a place where, you know, um, which is phase two, but I wanted to make a place where you can come on and when I hit your page about this drop, you know, when I'm reading about your drop, I'm getting a sense of like huge, you know what I mean? So 
you know, you, you'll eventually be able to design your own page and pick your own colors and sort of make your own little splash page for your drop and things. I really want to promote the fact that some of the art out there is amazing, bro. And if it's not in the right background on the marketplace UI or it's not in the right Twitter algorithms, you're never going to find it, bro. And I think there's, there's some people out there um, who are benefiting from the Twitter algorithm and there's some people who we have never seen who are better than the best guy. Do you know what I mean? So I want to just try and not to be Gandhi, mate, but, you know, provide a, <laughs> provide a, uh, a solid ground for everyone who's serious. You know? And uh, most of these guys have got assistance, bro. You can give the assistance to log in and get, get them to put your artist drop on for you and shit. I'm not there yet, but I'm pretty sure <laughs> kid, kid wants to sign me up as his assistant. But not happening. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be his advisor all day of the week, bro. Delete that tweet. Take that tweet down. What are you tweet? What are you doing, like, bro? That's happened a few times. <laughs> take it down. Take it down. But, um, but yeah, man. So it's exciting, bro. I'm looking to move forward. I've been here for, like I say, since <clears throat> since the end of January, properly involved in the market, lurking since November. And what are we on? August eighth of August. Like, come on, yeah. bro. We've been here a long time now. So I think that carry on powering through mate and by next february we might be pioneers who knows? <laughs> who knows i hope so man yeah let me ask you this you feel anything's bubbling at the moment bro feels oh, like definitely something's Dude, bubbling, isn't it? It. Yeah. It, it feels like you know sales are popping off big time right mm. now across platforms yeah yeah it feels like something's bubbling bro <laughs> i think we're Lovely. in for a nice fall into this nice winter as well yeah i feel, i was saying to kids the other day man i think i think like november in October, November time is going to be going to be nice and it's going to be full of love, bro. You know what I mean? It's not going to be any. Uh, yeah, it's good. It's like the one year anniversary of when a lot of us got into it. So I think mm-hmm. that is going to be a big turning point in the whole scene. Yeah. Well, at that point, it'll be a year for me, mate, as well. You know, just, just analyzing. So it'll be good to pull some uh, <laughs> pull some yearly stats. <laughs> yep, yep. You know, I'll break, break it down. Yeah, man, for sure. But and again, you know, this is this is everything that we're about with Dropbook is that, that I just needed a platform or a, also a bit of an identity to channel my, my freakiness, you know what I mean? So I can just keep Milo as the art guy because I want to post stuff about you know data and trends, market, and I, you know, and I can't because it's just like I'll get I'll get a bit of a cross following where people want hollows, <laughs> people want this. So it's like we're having Dropbook, we're going to be pushing all of that through that, you know, with regular blogs on the market regular blogs on you know even outlining stuff that people don't want to talk about bro like oh, everyone's jumping on the the you know the 50 50 auction 0.1 24 hour job you know what i mean everyone's doing it now and you know we're going to be outlining why everyone's doing it you know why you should do it as well because it works you get me and how long it's got left you know things like right. that. So really showing a a real um unmasked unmasked version of the market you know and and without sounding like dicks, you know, having a bit of a tone of like, we are the serious people, you know, if you want to come here and hear the, hear the truth, essentially, you know, and, and see the data and see what's, what's dropping from the, from the good artists and what's being collected. Then. So yeah, man, hopefully we can all work together, push it forward. Uh, I can, I can reveal that kid will be featured on there. Um, I'll be featured on there as well, of course, but you know, there'll be, um, there'll be opportunities for a lot of other people coming through and ma- making, making moves man and if we can all push it forward we can all benefit and, and yeah man we want to do some live events i don't know if you heard any stories from the known origin event, but we had some fun man some I, fun. I, I haven't heard but i'm sure you guys did like that <laughs> on fire. 
yeah, man, I wasn't going to go at first. The kid was going and he was on the flyer. I was just going to let him let him hold down the fort, you know what I mean? But then last minute, I was like, you know what, let's just go and have some fun, man. And we went there, we had some drinks. And and, it was, and again, even then, it was really nice to meet people. We spent the night with Vector Maldrew. That was fun. We had some good conversations. And, and to be honest with you, bro, when you're meeting people like that, because we're all creatives, it is very, very interesting on how much you all have in common. Do you know what I mean? Of like, Vector Maldry was talking about stories and I'm like, bro, I worked with that guy as well. When did you work with him? Yo, 2006. Yo, I worked with him then as well. You know what I mean? So it's like you, right. you have these little connections that you can't get on Twitter and that's something that we also want to promote through, through Dropbook is that, you know, we're going to promote, like, collect it. If you're interested in this guy, go and speak to him. You know what I mean? Like message him and, and have a conversation with him about why you like his art because as an artist, that's what we thrive off of people saying, you know, not, oh, it's amazing, but like, oh, I really like the, the way the light hits that. that Oh, you see what I did there? Yeah, that's what gets us going. And for collectors, if they can start to identify those traits in art, they can start to make better decisions on what's quality, you know. So it will all come back round. And some live events will be great in the future for Dropbook. And, and yeah, man, I just want to change, change, the, change the forecast a little bit because I think there's a lot of people out there who don't want to get into NFTs because even though it's very, uh, it's advertised a lot as decentralized, a lot of people from the outside world, if they haven't made a sale within a week, start calling, oh, it's pumps, it's pumps, where if we can try and provide the glue between the artists, marketplaces, collectors, you know, and have that sort of uh, infinite trail going backwards and forwards, even for marketplaces to, you know, put social guys looking at Dropbook and say, right, guys, go and tell us what's dropping on Rarible because we don't actually know without going through Twitter and these guys are busy. So if they could come to their rareable calendar and see everything that's popping, they could also use that to promote stuff on their homepage, which would, again, we, we start entering this, you know, harmonious fucking ecostructure of everyone going round and we all tap each other on the back and that's that, man. We, we create a market, so. Can't wait. So everybody go support uh, hollow things out there on rareable and then mm-hmm. look out for drop hook coming in six to seven weeks or so. Supporting hollow supports drop hook, so. Yeah, so that's uh, drop hook, drop underscore hook on Twitter. Let's go. Check out the follows. Uh, And then uh, Milo Art on Twitter for the hollows. Complete yourself a hollow. Definitely keep (laughs) us posted, dude, because this is is the type of stuff we love. So, yeah. It was great to meet you, man. Well, this is it. You know, we can't can't do it without you guys as well. It's all right having a platform. We've got no artists and no collectors, mate. It's just a waste of money you get me so we're gonna need artists we're gonna need collectors we're gonna need podcasts anyone who's listening bro you know do do your part to uh, push the market forward man and we'll see you in 12 months well, can't <laughs> wait to get on the calendar Let's yes for sure bro you bro you know what actually you're actually in the um i've been like uploading you know like fake events to test out the ui and and I'm fed up with seeing your that's nifty logo, that's for sure, mate. Because I've seen it. <laughs> Hell yeah. I've seen it stretched, I've seen it backwards, I've seen it all sorts, bro. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So yeah, you're already there, bro. Don't worry. Higher. <laughs> all right, all catch right. you later. See you soon, buddy. Thank you very much for your time. Yeah. Thanks again, man. See you guys. Damn, that's nifty. Yo. Hey, how's it going? Is this Jan? Yeah, yeah, just Jan. What's up? What's going nice on? To nice to meet you too. Hey, Got uh, myself, Tyler, and then Larry's here. All right, nice to meet you. Let me end with the wrong Google account, so that's why I'm called Sledge Gaming. Oh, no <laughs> that's worries. actually my old uh, gaming account, so don't worry about that. You streaming? And no, no, I used to stream actually. 
but that's a whole nother story. That's actually how I started with like this whole 3D stuff. Well, let's start there. Shit. How did gaming get you into the 3D? It's actually kind of funny, not gonna lie. Uh, I'm used to like stream Fortnite, like gaming stuff. Um, and I didn't have anyone to do my thumbnails for YouTube or Twitch. So that's how I started. I made my own thumbnails on YouTube on Twitch. And um, there was like this whole business uh, of doing thumbnails for other people on YouTube. For example, there are like big players like TFU. A big German player would be, for example, Montana Black. Like I'm from Germany, so I started uh, within the German business, thumbnail business, uh, in quotation marks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I started with doing Fortnite thumbnails for myself. Um, I actually, I used the Fortnite file files to uh, extract the Fortnite 3D models um, and imported them into Blender. Use them to like rig them, rig mm. like uh, attach bones and stuff. Then render them out and have my own thumbnails. They were pretty shit to be honest. Like, <laughs> not gonna lie, they looked like they looked trash. They were trash. But I mean, it worked. And like a lot of um, and the whole business was new at the time, so nobody had like 3D thumbnails, and everyone was like, "Wow, this whole you can do 3D stuff, and you can add effects to 3D thumbnails." It was like, damn can do that excuse me if my english isn't like perfect oh um, we talk to people from everywhere man perfect so um there were people dming me like it started with like small people um from like the whole gaming scene if they could buy thumbnails from me about like two to three years ago um i joined actually my first esport organization which was wave esports and they actually ex still exist to this day and they're pretty big like they were, they've won a lot of uh, big esports events and are actually pretty big. But at that time, they were pretty small and they would need like thumbnail designers for their players. So they uh, would pay me like five to ten dollars a thumbnail, which is actually pretty bad because like one thumbnail takes around one to two hours to make. So that's about two fifty an hour. Yeah. And which is super bad. But but I was at school still like. Two, three years ago i was in my final year of school it was literally just just a hobby i did i was happy with the money i made like it was maybe i had two to three thumbnails a day and after school i would, would just sit on my pc like doing all those thumbnails for the people that dm'd me that day it was fun but um after some time you know that two fifteen hour isn't just what you want to do and it was my final year so i had to study and stuff so um i actually quit doing Fortnite thumbnails or thumbnails in general and started just doing 3D art and 3D Fortnite art in, for example, um, in my free time. And that actually, that was where I started my Twitter and I started posting that those thumbnails I made earlier and those, um, that Fortnite art, I posted that to my Twitter and I actually managed to grow a pretty good following doing that. Um, I think it was about like two to three K just doing Fortnite art and which is actually I was super happy at the time and it went great. <laughs> um, the only problem is I didn't make any money doing like art at that time. I mean, it wasn't a really problem because I had school. I just did it for fun in my free time. Um, but then I started like modeling. That was where I had my first job uh, modeling something. I think it was a pencil. Like it was something 
really simple and I still managed uh, to model it like shit. <laughs> like, <I'm not> gonna <laughs> it looked like shit. Um, but yeah, that was my first modeling uh, commission I got there, which was like two years ago, I think, in 2018, 19. It's where the whole 3D thing really started. So I got into that whole 3D, 3D community, 3D scene. Around that time, I made my first um, uh, motion design for a small streamer in uh, esports organization called Norkel, um, which was paid fairly well. I think it was 20 to $30. I mean, it was <laughs> fairly paid uh, well at that time for me because like, I, was, I wasn't used to getting paid 30 to 20 to 30 euros for motion design, which took me two hours to make. So I was pretty happy with, with that at that time. Um, and then uh, I posted that on my Twitter, um, which led to other people damning me if they could buy more work from me. So that's where the whole thing got started with me doing commissions for other streamers. If you didn't know, I used my main business before doing NFTs and like art in general was doing commissions for big influencers and streamers for YouTube and mm -hmm. Twitch. I made like stream transitions, YouTube intros, animations in general. That was like mm -hmm. the whole business. And all that next uh, besides school while I was in my final year. <laughs> and well, and still... everyone had a YouTube at that time too. And it's like, you know, they needed that to look legitimate. Yeah, yeah. That's um, where it all started uh, was and Montana Black is like the biggest German streamer of all. He has like 30 to, 30 to 40K viewers on like an average stream. So he's fairly big, I'd say. And um, he made a tweet saying he would need like a motion design. I just commented, like I just commented my work and said, hey, I would love to work with you. And I really, I thought like I didn't have any chance because like there were people commenting there which had like, 20k followers and like had like crazy stuff on there and my work back then was like mm, it was okay i wouldn't say it's, it was trash <laughs> but it was it wasn't the best out of the best Good enough to yeah. catch his eye yeah shilling works yeah yeah it works i mean and he actually dm'd me i was i was freaking out back then because yeah. like imagine the biggest streamer from your country dming you he wants to work with you i was i was freaking out that's huge uh, yeah that was huge back then and it still is for me like that was the start of my career i'd say because he's the one that uh i used to work with him for one to two years from that point and i did a lot of commissions for him which led to my success in quotation marks uh, which is <laughs> <have> today <laughs> and yeah, since I'm, then you've worked with like hbo and netflix and stuff like that too huh that's a whole nother story um let's just <laughs> uh, from that yeah I've, actually i've um I'm working now, I'm working in a visual effects studio, which are specialized in doing visual effects for series for Netflix um, nice. or for cinema. For example, the studio I'm working on in have done visual effects for Game of Thrones, for example. You probably know that series on HBO and um, Star Trek and a lot of movies which have yet to come out. But I'm not allowed to say things about them because I signed an NDA there. Yeah, that's exciting though. Yeah, I'm super hyped. I got there after school when I finished with my final, when I was finished with my final year. I applied there and I actually was um, I was approved to work there. So that's, nice. I was, yeah, 
super exciting. I honestly, I didn't know what to do after school. I, the only thing I knew is that I'm really enjoying 3D, doing visual effects, modeling, doing art. So I just looked around what would work best for me. And then I saw that um, there was a visual effects studio nearby um, in Stuttgart, actually. It's a big German city near my hometown. So um, I applied there, hoped for the best, and it worked out. So that's where I'm currently working. Um, eight hours a day and next to that I'm still doing art so that's what I'm currently doing yeah so what's that feeling like the first time you see like your work on the big screen or on television like it's it's crazy um for example let's start back then when I did something for Montana Black the German, big German streamer mm -hmm. seeing my work I worked on for like a month in a big stream and seeing him hype hyping the chat about it and showing it the first time was crazy like i told all my friends about it i was so hyped was so happy it was it's just <laughs> it was unbelievable honestly and if someone have told would have told me that i was at that point one year ago or two years ago that she would never have believed them it's crazy honestly and so how did you get introduced to the NFT side of the, you know, this new industry that's popping up? Actually, it was through Beeple because I've been, Beeple was a big inspiration of mine for a few years because he's been doing like this whole 3D everyday stuff. And actually I was starting everyday stuff, done everyday for like half a year, half a year, like two years ago, one year ago, two years ago because of him. And um, I saw him tweeting about NFTs one day. And I just looked into it, but back then I wasn't really, I was like, what's, what's this? Like, yeah, art no on the blockchain. Knows. Yeah, bro. <laughs> who's going to wear art on the blockchain for a con? And uh, so I really, I looked over it, but I didn't really have interest in it or just dig deep into it. It's just was, yeah, it's this thing which is there, but nobody really knows about it, uh, which was, that was back in March last year. I think then uh, back in November last year, someone introduced me to foundation, which was actually, let me check. It was David Leiser. I think it's, what's his name? Um, I DM'd him because foundation is an invite only platform. Back then, I think everyone was looking for an invite and everyone, yeah. everyone was DMing people all over the place. Like hiding, hiding invites. Just like... I remember that yeah. <laughs> in yeah. people's discord. Like, oh, I have one foundation yeah, it's yeah, yeah. It off. yeah yeah so me myself i was also there in people what a shame <laughs> yeah <laughs> gotta get it yeah i mean so there was this one guy um i followed him for some time i loved his stuff so i just took a chance and dm'd him um his name is david Lays, as i just mentioned and he actually had one invite left um i showed him my work and he invited me to the platform there you go. It, it was amazing. And um, <laughs> the thing is, I did uh, 3D art for quite a while before I was even on some NFT platforms. So um, like in my free time, I think I made out for like one or two years. I started in 2019 with like trash art. I mean, I still wouldn't say it's super good because I think many artists can relate. You're comparing yourself to like better artists to other artists. And it's hard to be 100%, uh, what do you say? happy with your art and happy with the outcome yeah but, artists seem to be very self-critical of their own work yeah, and yeah. there's a lot of comparison in the space i'm pretty sure many artists can relate on that point 
and yeah, it, um, that's where it all started. I posted my first artwork on Foundation. It uh, didn't sell. What a surprise. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think it sat there for like six weeks. Then a friend of mine, which also a lot of friends, just side note, which have done <laughs> Fortnite thumbnails and thumbnails in general, 3D art in general from the video game scene converted into the 3D art scene in general, not just because of NFTs, but because this whole video game scene, thumbnail scene was dying down and you just knew you that's not where you can make a living off of. Just There were some people actually making big bucks in the thumbnail industry with like 100 to $200 per thumbnail. So there are some people who actually made a ton of money that space, but like most of the people were just $2 a thumbnail and yeah. it just wasn't worth it at all. So a friend of mine DM'd me about my NFT stuff and what all of that is as a lot of people at that time. And he said he wanted to buy the first artwork of mine. And so he did. I think back then it was one Ethereum. I put it on for one Ethereum, but it was like $400 back then, $500, not quite sure. Mm -hmm. It was super low back then, maybe even higher. And then actually a German collector DM'd me. That's the first time I came in contact with like a fairly big NFT art collector. And he um, saw an old work of mine and asked me to put it on sale on Rarible. And nice. he wanted to buy it. That's um, that's when I thought it was, uh, I think it was 0.5 Ethereum, the price he wanted to buy it for. And it was, damn, someone really wants to buy my art. <laughs> <laughs> it was crazy. Um, yeah, that's going to be an awesome feeling. Someone being like, hey, I like this piece. Can you go mint it for me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah the thing is, the thing is, I... After I minted the first piece and it didn't sell for like six weeks, I was like, NFTs are shit, let's yeah. <laughs> not do that. And then this year I wanted to quit. Like I was I had no motivation to keep going because like I thought nobody's gonna buy my work. Why mint on a platform which takes $40 uh, to mint for it just to sit there and not sell? So after someone DM'd me, the collector, I was like, damn, okay, maybe this thing can work out or can someone actually wants my, uh, to buy my art so um i minted it on rebel and he bought it and uh, that's where the whole journey started and then i followed people on twitter um got in the whole space kind of discord uh, groups the first time you follow a few people uh, in the nft space and you instantly know the space is amazing you want to uh, take part of it that's like when it all started uh, I minted a few more artworks on Foundation, which also didn't do really well for a long time. Um, I had a few on sale, for example, the marshmallow one, uh, which was bought by Aito, the collector. That was pretty nice. I was pretty happy about that. And then Chris Wallace uh, introduced me to Hagrid Nunk. Yeah. Which mm -hmm. is where I'm currently at, or currently posting my main NFTs. Um, that's the like, Fallen God series? Yeah, exactly. The Fallen God series. Yeah, I can definitely see the people influence in those. I really like it a lot. <laughs> I appreciate that a lot. Um, it's a lot coming from you, honestly. And how big is that series going to be? I think, what do you currently have? Five or so in that? I couldn't have three pieces. I've, I had a, a series before that, which was, let me just check. I think it was four pieces and one collector reward. Okay. 
like I introduced some collector rewards for the series for everyone who collected all four pieces of the series. Smart. And, and the first series was actually called Introspection, which was about like uh, finding someone's self, yeah, and its own mental health kind of stuff. Um, and Chris Wallace actually, the first time I minted it there, I had like 20 editions, I think. And it sat there for like 20 minutes and two editions sold. So I was like, ah, fuck, this didn't, doesn't work out as uh, two. <laughs> and I was, I was losing hope. And actually, Chris Wallace was the one who like, uh, came in clutch and bought, he bought, I think, like 15 editions and uh, posted, it, posted it on his Twitter, which led to all editions sell out. There you go. And that was crazy. Like, uh, Chris Wallace was the one who, like, kickstarted this whole he got nothing and i'm so thankful for that honestly it's crazy i think he actually sold most of the first editions which i'm totally fine with um i mean he can do whatever he wants and uh i mean if he wants to make profit that's totally okay and i actually would would encourage him to do that because <laughs> it would be dumb to sit on 15 editions so, hi, bro. So, so yeah. <laughs> it seems like a perfect or you're like a, a prime example of you know, finding finding some traction by just reaching out, right? And like the power of uh, making connections, making yeah. connections via yeah. socials, and just takes one, one person, person to. Yeah, that's what I'm telling. Create people. one like, link. Yeah, connections are so important, especially in the NFT space, where like one connection with a big collector or a big artist can lead to so much more. Honestly, like for example, a project which is which is coming up, um, which I can't talk about right now. But I'm, I followed an artist, which art I really like, just DM'd him, hey, I love your art, let's chat a bit. And we talked a bit, and he said he had a project coming up, uh, if I wanted to take part in. Just like that, like, okay. just, and it's it goes so fast, like, you, the connections, you have one connections, <laughs> which can lead to so much bigger stuff, it's insane. Especially yeah. in the NFT space, it's crazy. Yeah, what Hint, I'm telling people. Hint's a new platform for me. Um, and that's kind of what kicked off like the, the artist showcase where we wanted to kind of get some artists that don't have as much spotlight on them. So that's that's kind of why, you know, we're reaching out to you. You had some fans like reach out and say, we want to hear from Jan. So I'm excited that, this. you know, we're, we're finding some new people on him and giving them a platform to kind of give their background and like where they're headed. So I appreciate that a lot. Actually, the first time I minted on him, I wasn't really convinced the platform is such a good platform is today because like the whole UI and stuff is pretty complicated. I mean, that's what kept me out for so long. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. I got to get another wallet. I got to use a different currency for yeah. these. And then yeah. once 100%. I finally got on there, though, you can you can see the merit to it. And it's it gives there's an, a lower entry point for like yeah. you can just have more collectors, more fans that follow you from the beginning. 100%. I think it's a more community-based um, platform because there's, for example, there are a lot of artists who place their work at like the lower, like 20 to $100 mark. So there's a lot of ways people who want to support you can buy your art without having to spend like a ton of money. Another big point on that platform is that you don't have a lot of minting fees, which is what convinced me to go on the platform as well. Because like the minting fees on Ethereum back then, like on Foundation, were insane. Um, it was the time where like you had to pay two hundred dollars to mint something on Foundation, 
Um, right. We're hearing from some guys that were releasing like, you know, 50 pieces on Rarible and it would cost them, you know, 25 grand to do that. That's crazy. That's yeah. insane. Yeah. And it's like, that's such a barrier for artists to in, like enter the Ethereum space for minting. It's like start on Tezos and, you know, it won't cost you that much to get started. 100%. 100%. And I think um, a lot of people who just want to support you as an artist just support the art you do will buy your art on um pen like on hacker and um if you actually manage to uh, advertise your art pretty well and produce high quality art without having to rush it and your art increases in value over time i think it's a win-win for both sides artists uh, other artists who want to support your people who want to support you and your art have an increase in value on your piece and can support you at the same time and the money can go right back into investing in, you know, new hardware, new software, new tools. 100%. Um, I actually recently, like uh, two to three years ago, bought a new graphics card because uh, my old graphics card was pretty shit. It took like a few days to render something to finish a piece, which was pretty bad. Um, yeah, because your time was your money. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And um, because of this, that new graphics card, because of that new hardware, Actually, I can manage to finish art quicker and finish commissions quicker, finish. Like, I can work better, work more efficient, which has actually led to me being more productive and me having more motivation to work on stuff. Because I don't have to wait for two days to render something out just to check or just to see that there's something wrong and I have to render it again. Yeah, the, the artist investment, it's um, in watching people roll in, into new projects and, and just continuing to grow themselves. That's, um, that's how you kind of keep a healthy space and, and breeding new, you know, substance and content into the, uh, into whatever kind of corner of the art market you want to kind of dive into. So yeah, expanding to places like hand and, and, and collectors taking a more broad kind of view on everything is, um, only, only a good thing. I think as an artist, uh, you should also, when you manage to sell, um, uh, some NFTs doesn't matter if on if it's on Ethereum or on Tesos. Just uh, you should give back to like the artists uh, on that platform because especially yeah. on Hen, the community is just amazing. Someone who uh, supported me right from the start was Paul. It's a it's he's an France Italian 3D designer um, who minted on Hen already and just sent me like fifty dollars to mint there. Without nice. like any, without me having to ask, he was like, "You want to mint on hand?" I was yep. like, "Yeah, I want to try it." Okay, send me your wallet address, and he just sent me fifty dollars to mint. And <laughs> the community is honestly amazing. I just can't. Uh, That's how I've been finding that. new art. It's like if you find an artist you like, you go see who their collectors are, and half the time, a lot of them are artists themselves and have their own yeah. creations. Yeah, one hundred percent. That's what I've been uh, trying to do recently. After trying to collect new art, trying to find new artists not only to make profit, uh, actually I've been kinda converting myself from only doing art to doing art and collecting art from other artists. It has been amazing. I've been collecting art on hen, on uh, Rebel, on foundation, nice. mostly on hen. And uh, I've actually dug deeper into the whole like NFT scene recently in the last three to four weeks. And I've actually invested in a few bigger collectible projects for example the thing is what i think a lot of artists uh haven't really dug into is like the whole the nft scene is so much more than just minting your art it's, it's also like finding other art like finding other projects which are super interesting 
for example, recently I've been getting into um, gaming on the blockchain, which is also like another big whole topic uh, what you can talk about and which is super interesting. There's so much, I think that in the next coming months, there are so many opportunities coming up for artists, for collectors, for like everyone in, the, in this whole space, which will be amazing. Also from an artist standpoint, where you can, there are probably be uh, a lot of new sites for artists to mint on other blockchains. And I think it's important for artists to, to just keep going, even if the art doesn't sell. I mean, my art didn't sell for a long time as well. And it just took one connection to make this thing work and make my art sell. It's crazy. Just that one, one reach out. And on the gaming piece too, I, I, I mean, we'll be releasing this like a couple week window here, but I just see today right now that 888 announced that his um, new world uh, oh, yeah. is partnered yeah. with the uh, global esports federation. Yeah, so, I saw that. That's right. crazy. There's a, there's a connection. There's a tether. And I think you're totally right. The um, finding that nature on the blockchain is going to be uh, just a huge industry. Like think of all yeah. the people paying cash credit card for all these in-game features and stuff. It's just going to be like so seamless and so, like, how did we not do this before? 100%. Yeah. Corner cream off. You could even go full circle and go from doing the Fortnite um, thumbnails, <laughs> go make your own 3D skins and sell them as, you know, wearables across platform. You know, it doesn't have to just be for Fortnite. You can 100%. wear that skin in the metaverse, wherever game yeah. you want to go to. Yeah. <laughs> I think the industry is going to be huge. And this is literally just the beginning of everything it's yeah i can't wait to see where this whole industry goes i'm super pumped it's going to take one of those major gaming companies it's gonna be like a blizzard or an activision or something that really embraces nfts and they're going to make a killing yeah yeah 100 i think right now it's just going under the radar um and even if x infinities they're making like there's such a i think what was their income or their last month they, they were up there, yeah. yeah. I don't know, but I just know that I should have bought it when I saw Fuck Runner telling <laughs> everyone to buy it. Yes, same, same. <laughs> I was about to say, yeah. I saw Fuck Runner treating about it, and I was like, yeah. Yeah, I don't know much about the Axie. It seems kind of like just like a Pokemon kind of thing. Yeah, I think it's like collecting. Yeah, it's Pokemon. Yeah, like, little animals yeah. with traits, and yeah. some are more rare than others, I guess. That's the model. Yeah, and you, I think you can also battle them. Uh, to win X Infinity shots or something. Oh, really okay. So there's a battle aspect to get certain like tokens that you can use to buy other things. Yeah, exactly. Super interesting. Yeah, there's so many options. We were thinking there's probably a big market for casinos. Oh yeah. Somehow some kind of like online gambling slot machines and stuff. Yeah, true. Haven't we thought about that? But that's actually that's not a. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Might be a big industry as well. There's like as I said, there's so many big opportunities coming up. Like you could literally put NFTs everywhere. Like the whole blockchain uh, stuff is huge. Yeah, and some of the other chains are are showing their worth in you know the the lower transaction costs, where Ethereum kind of you know is cost prohibitive for a lot of these you know. I, I guess I want to call them integrations with the chain, where you can actually build stuff off of them. Tezos and Flow and Matic, all these other places seem to be like mm. they're trying stuff and we'll see like who ends up being the the winner there. But there could be a brand new chain we don't even know about yet that ends up yeah. being the leader. That's true. 
like as an artist myself, I have to say I'm not a blockchain expert at all. Like, nor are we. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I come from a point where I just did art for fun and like I did NFTs without knowing yeah. what it does and how <laughs> and the blockchain works it. at all. Yeah. That's, I think that's also a pretty interesting point about NFTs. If you want to get really, really into NFTs, you have to learn about the blockchain, how yeah. everything works. You have to. Yeah. It doesn't and make a lot of sense unless you do know a little bit about it. Because that's when it clicks for me is like, oh, it's like permanent record. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And that's, that's a huge plus point in my opinion, because artists who learn about uh, the blockchain are, have a pretty good vision about the future and know the opportunities and what to come. And for example, I've been learning um, about Ethereum, about smart contracts, writing my own smart contracts, um, which is pretty hard next to doing commissions, doing school, like working. Yep. <laughs> so I'm trying to manage everything about that, but I'm doing my best to make everything work. You're young. You have plenty of time. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I'm, I'm telling that myself uh, a lot of times that I still have time to like work on stuff, learn everything. Because like, and the space is moving so fast. I think sometimes you have to just chill out for a few days, don't rush yourself, and keep it on the low. I yeah, I feel like once you like miss a couple things, then you get used to being like, okay, I don't have to be in on every single thing, and it makes you feel a little bit better. Yeah, because the pace is it's sickening. 100% like I've seen so many projects on my Twitter like I'm following so many people who tweet about like collectible projects projects that are coming out in the future and like the fear of missing out is insane like there's so many for example I missed out on so many projects because I thought like ah, that won't be big you know like the minting price was 0 0.05 Ethereum and now the floor price Twenty and I'm like fuck, <laughs> but yeah, yeah shit the, happens and the shouldas, those are the those are the ones that hurt. Yeah, yeah, but you learn, I think. Yeah, can't win them all. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you have any artists on your radar that you know might not have the clout that they should? Uh, actually, there are a lot of artists who deserve way more recognition. For example, Paul I mentioned in the beginning um, does amazing like super detailed 3d artworks um which haven't really sold that well i've actually bought one or two on secondary because i wanted to support them his tag is actually on twitter rpd uh, with two e uh, in the middle and the end um or just paul should find him there he's uh, he's amazing um he does amazing art on the other side there are so many artists which uh, are in the space um, for example, I'm working in a visual effects studio, studio and probably 90% of the people uh, in there that don't know about NFTs yet. And all of them are working like the 3D visual effects field and doing 3D stuff in their free time. So Wow, that's amazing to hear that, you know, you're working in a visual effects studio and 90% of them don't even know about NFTs. That's that's what I'm saying. Um, and wow. Wow. I've, I've so many 3D artists and um, which I talk to on a daily, which aren't into NFTs yet, but make incredible art. And I think in the next few months, we will see a lot of new artists come into the space, which make amazing art. And uh, 
I think this is also just the beginning for like the whole artwork space because in the like in January and February when everything took off, there were a lot of I wouldn't say low quality art, but it was like people just wanted to make money fast and just to cash grab. So we saw a lot of artists come to the space, make low quality art or make quick art just to sell something, um, which I think was a bit damaging to the whole scene because the artists who actually made uh, amazing art and spent like a lot of time on art, like art, you can tell, you can say like still low quality art is still art. There are people who spent weeks on one piece and um, post it without getting any recognition or not the price that they deserve. For example, back in January, uh, one of my friends uh, posted an artwork which he's worked on for like three to four months, which was an animation and it didn't sell at all. So he, um, so he burned it and just posted it on his Twitter. And uh, I think it's kind of sad that uh, there's, there was, I think it's not as bad now because collectors know what artists high quality and actually do more research than they did back then, which is, I think it's important to do research on NFTs and the artist itself. Um, if he's been in the space for long, for longer time, and if he's actually wants to do art in the future and has actually invested in himself. So yeah, it's something we touch on all the time. It's like just being educated around like, what is the, the quality of art that you're looking for? Like there's fine art, you know, which, which you're looking for very high quality art. And then there's art that just says something to you or is just aesthetically pleasing that may not be classified as fine art, but, you know, has a certain quality that sticks to you as a collector. And there's, there's both sides of that, right? So it's like educating yourself on like what you should be looking for and then also having your own like taste. 100%, yeah, I agree on that. I think I'm, I'm not saying you can't uh, make art in like two minutes. There's artists which can do art fairly fast and still that is still amazing and looks incredible um like artists art i wouldn't judge people based on the time they spend or based on uh, how it looks like every collector has his own taste and every artist has his own taste but it should be meaningful right like you should have a meaning behind it or a narrative or a feeling emotion yeah, something I mean, that grabs you yeah it's i mean for some artists, it's just creating something for themselves without any meaning. I mean, there's probably art out there which has doesn't have a meaning. Um, I mean, I but try... it has a soul, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, I try to create my art with a meaning behind it. For example, the just to touch on that real quick, my introspection series, for example, was about finding your inner self. So that's why there's a um, head. Uh, in front of um, people, in front of the person who stands uh, in front of mm -hmm. himself, and uh, quotation marks. Um, I try to think uh, of the art I want to create, a sketch, then I do a quick free, 3D sketch. Uh, a little fun fact, some of my art comes from my dreams. Wow. <laughs> I dream about something, then I write it down in the morning on the phone, and then I think like, hmm, what could I create uh, which matches my dream? Or if you ever forgot something? to write one down and then you lose it and you're like, oh, it just bothers the shit out of you? It happens all the time. You don't <laughs> even know. <laughs> For example, I literally two days ago, three days ago, I woke up at night and had like, damn, I need to write it down. And then I fell asleep. And in the morning, 
I forgot literally everything. Except, and all that's ex- left is the feeling, and you're like, what was it? Yeah, that's, yeah, I was like, fuck. Yeah. Maybe it'll sucks, be a recurring okay. dream, though. It'll come back around. Let's hope it does, yeah. <laughs> well, Jan, it's been amazing talking to you. I can't wait to keep following your work on Hen and Rarible, right? It was amazing being here. Thanks for inviting me. It was an yeah. honor. No problem, man. We'll have this out in about two weeks or so, and I think it'll be packaged up with Milo. I think it'll be a, a good episode. Awesome. Can't wait to hear it. Thanks for inviting me. No problem. We'll course, talk man. to you anytime. Awesome. Thank you. Yep. See you, man. Bye. See ya. Damn, that's nifty.